0: Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 14 of season 4 of This Osteopathic Life. We are well underway in our summer series as it continues to unfold. As a reminder, solo episodes will come out on Friday. Those will be longer in duration and varied in their focus, always anchored in the concept of being for the health of all things. We will bring back conversation episodes. I am continuing to interview colleagues, and those will be released forthcoming on Tuesdays beginning next week. So on the 12th of July, you can begin to look for those. This series is spanning this first week of the month of July, Bringing in that big July energy, setting forth into the second half of 2022, and just bringing forward some key and core concepts that resonate when we think about health, and perhaps are not the most obvious ways that we might consider it as we move forward. We are walking through an alliterative experience, beginning with fulfillment on the 1st of July, moving into fun on the 2nd, then to focus on the 3rd, and here today on the 4th of July, In the United States, we celebrate Independence Day. Now, there are many thoughts and feelings around this. There are many actions surrounding this. And we're going to talk about the concept of freedom. Freedom externally and internally, how we might be advocating for freedom, what it looks like, what it feels like, when it doesn't seem to be as we might hope or expect it to be. And we are going to walk that through here today. Now, I just finished watching the fireworks show here in my hometown, and I was able to watch them from my back porch, which was a lucky happenstance because it was undercover and it happens to be raining. The only real rain in the forecast for the foreseeable next week. So fascinating on the night that perhaps you might not want rain. There it is. And how do you work with that? There were many opinions about what should happen with the fireworks and should they get delayed. And you can see the perspectives in all directions. So bearing that in mind, the freedom to have perspectives. And as I... Sat through that experience, grateful for the ease and convenience, and actually the ability to be adjacent to but not necessarily directly within the mix of the activity. And that will be for a different day. I thought about all the different places I have watched the fireworks and what they do represent and how that might be different for some than others. Certainly, the noise can be traumatizing and problematic for for humans and for animals. For me, there was a personal connection to fireworks as my parents were married on the 4th of July. And so the holiday felt very personal to me and it felt very relevant to our family. And I think it took on a greater depth of meaning because of that. And I related it more specifically through that origin story of our family, even perhaps more so than the origin story of the country in which I lived. And also we were very much spoiled by the fireworks display in the town adjacent to where I grew up, Bay City, Michigan, shout out there. Because after watching them there, I traveled all over the country, even saw them in Washington, DC, and they absolutely never compared, could not hold a candle or a firework (laughs) to that original fireworks display. And certainly there could be origin bias there, but I really do believe they were a particularly spectacular display. And I've been thinking about this concept all day and how do you bring this up and how do you bring this forward, particularly in this moment when there is so much contention around what freedom looks like and how it is being presented and preserved or desecrated for many and what it's like in this country and in others. And how do we advocate appropriately? And what do we do when we might be experiencing freedoms that are not universally guaranteed? How do we reclaim that power and reform the systems? And I want to acknowledge that absolutely, yes, there are many big picture items that need to be addressed. There are many systemic catastrophes, if we go there, that must be overhauled and And this is a both and space for sure. No buts here. Completely a both and space. And it does take time. And it does require certain connections and networking and power. We think about that. Remembering that the power is with the people, even when it doesn't feel like that might be true. And remembering also that beginning locally, and if we think about in local government, that is a key place to begin. But let's take it to hyper-local, into that family unit, and really into ourselves. And I, you might want to be pushing pause or find a different episode or a different podcast and thinking, no, I'm tired of that. I'm tired of having to be the one to make the change when it really is outside of me. And I am totally with you. When I began this podcast, actually, I was in this space of wanting to change and revolutionize everything. If you look at the mission statement of this osteopathic light, a revolution grounded in love and humanity, but revolution is in there. And that is not a word to be taken lightly. And I absolutely meant it. And I do mean it in a broad sense. So many systems, healthcare, of which I am a direct participant as a physician, certainly as a patient and as a parent of patients in the healthcare system, and also now as a coach and consultant to my physician colleagues and administrators in healthcare systems, seeing how can we absolutely make major changes that directly impact the health of those providing care and subsequently, and really directly, the health of those receiving the care. There is absolutely a continuum. There is certainly a oneness of that experience, and I am 100% here for that. As i share with you in the past, as an osteopathic health policy fellow, learning about that and how can policy be that which supports the health of all things. Education, mostly as a parent and as a lifelong learner, seeing where there are so many challenges and as a friend and as a sibling to those who work in the education system, recognizing the hazards and the challenges really to health, it can still truly always be through that lens. What is the health and longevity of these careers, of the professionals themselves, of their body, mind, and spirit working within the system? And how is that impacting the children who are learning and growing and being shaped in their humanity in these systems? Absolutely. And I'm not letting go of that. I am also recognizing the time that it takes and the inertia to be overcome And while we continue to build strength and momentum and harness our force for the good to make those shifts, what in the meantime can we change that is directly within our control can have, we'll say, relatively immediate results, bearing in mind that all work can take time, although it can also be instantaneous. We can choose to make shifts and we can adapt new thoughts and feelings and behaviors relatively quickly. We can also gain the ability to recognize them, even if we're not changing them directly, be able to recognize what is happening relatively quickly. And within that, we can gain so much freedom. So let's shift that in, bearing in mind, absolutely globally, thinking globally, even acting globally, seeing the power that we have to do so, looking at it nationally, and looking at where can we vote and where can we advocate and how do we recognize the trends and also the divergences across our country. And then we might get regional and then we might get local and we keep honing in on that, homing in on that. I still have to compare those two, but I want to really talk about what we have available for freedom for ourselves and what is it like to be a free individual, to have our own inherent sovereignty over ourselves. And if we can begin there, If we can continue there, if we can expand through and from there, noticing how that impact, how the vibrational frequency, how the energetic continuum shifts, how it gives us a new perspective and greater clarity on what does need to be done and what is within our auspices to do on those scales as we then work back out in those spheres of influence to bigger and bigger and bigger rings, and not underestimating the power of tapping into and tuning into our own needs and capacities and seeing how that massively shifts the influence we have on the world around us, of which we are a part. Thinking about the oneness of humanity, if we're able to make those changes and shift that frequency ourselves, automatically the environment around us takes notice. And even if it's a dissonance to start, even if... There is that sense of oppression in the world around us. When we are free, internally, mentally, spiritually, physically free, those frequencies will hit one another enough to cause a reset point. So even if it doesn't match straight away, it creates this opportunity for there to be a pause and a shift and a reset. So let's take a look. Let's walk through some definitions of freedom. And I welcome you to consider it through whichever lens. And I offer to you that for me it is most useful to look at it through that lens of myself and that which is within my own auspice of control and to see how that opens up the opportunity to consider what I can actually do when it can seem like there is so much and it's so daunting and it feels very futile, if I can frame it through, okay, what is within my control? And we could get into a whole nother discussion about what do we actually control, but we're going to stay in that space of recognizing that we have the capacity to make shifts and changes within ourselves. And that absolutely has the power of influence within the world around us. So the definition of freedom the quality or state of being free. Aren't those your favorite definitions? Such as, and these are fascinating examples, the absence of necessity, coercion, or constraint in choice or action. And notice this here, and we talk about this when we think about diagnostics and health and disease, when the way we describe something is we say what it is not. And so the state of being free, experiencing freedom, is the absence of necessity of coercion or constraint in choice or action. And so here's an opportunity to think about those times in your life when there is that sense of necessity. I have to do this. How often are you saying that out loud in your head? How often is that understood? How often is it actually spoken to you? And how often are you imposing that upon yourself? Coercion. And here there is that sense of engagement with another, and now we're talking about owning your control of it. And certainly there can be situations where there are safety measures at play. And I'm not downplaying that. And absolutely, if you are in a space where there is an inappropriate power dynamic, recognize that. Escape how you will. Get yourself to safety. Seek an ally, whatever that might be. But recognize when coercion is happening. Because many times we can fall into that. We can be conditioned into thinking we are simply being compliant or we are being kind. How often that might be framed that way. So recognize when there is a lack of freedom, if you are being forced to do something against your will, and those can be minor or major spaces and places, and noticing when something is not truly in alignment with your values. We reference Brene Brown a lot in This Osteopathic Life, and recognize when it's not a hell yes, that means it's a no. And if you're doing it anyway, what is that element of coercion? Is it internal? Is it external? Why are you choosing to go forward with that? And when you are able to put a boundary in place and say, actually, no, that is not for me, recognize that as an act of freedom. Constraint. And noticing that too, and that is along those same lines. If it's not a full-fledged, wholehearted, absolutely yes, And I want to be clear, there are certainly some things where we do them relatively begrudgingly. There were burpees in a workout today. I actually chose not to do them, right? I was not going to be coerced into doing them by the programming in the workout. That was my freedom. I said no. I said no to that. But other days, I might say, you know, I don't want to. But actually, I can see the point here. And this is the stimulus. And my checking in? And why is it? And I can still then choose to of my own free will. No one is forcing me. I have given consideration to all the options, and I've stepped forward within that. So absolutely, sometimes there is going to be just hard work or messy work, that we don't necessarily love it, but we don't feel forced into doing it. And it's not out of alignment with that which really resonates for us. Recognize those distinctions. Liberation from slavery or restraint or from the power of another. And here we highlight independence, and that word has absolutely come up a lot today, Independence Day. And what does independence look like? And how can we be part of that liberation of ourselves? And here certainly too, not downplaying the systems, and we're, yes, absolutely, policies need to be put in place, and we need to absolutely hold people accountable and systems accountable and organizations accountable for this. And where can we we reclaim that sense of freedom, of independence from another and recognize we are giving that power away. And maybe it is in those places where we are being overly compliant and we are doing things for some external approval. And when we can stop and say, wait, why am I doing this? Do I support myself in choosing to do this? Is this giving my power to another? Am I looking to them to tell me, who and how I am in this situation. And in so doing, recognize I'm giving away my independence and my freedom and my power. Another option the quality or state of being free, such as the quality or state of being exempt or released, usually from something onerous. And here, it might feel like you escaped something. And I automatically begin to think of this. I'll say a smaller scale. You know, we might have escaped a certain chore that we weren't excited to do or a task at work that isn't our favorite. And noticing that. And how can we release ourselves from some of those tasks? And those tasks might be self judgment and the way that we are talking to ourselves and the expectations we have crafted. And so, can we exempt or release ourselves from those internally? And say, actually, no. I'm no longer responsible for that. I'm no longer going to charge myself with that task or way of being or the way of thinking about myself in that space and honor the freedom that comes from that. Unrestricted use. And here we could look at the world around us, absolutely. Unrestricted use of resources in our environment, in our town, within our home. I think about with my children and how they look for unrestricted use of certain things. And now there can be spaces where a free-for-all is not necessarily the ideal. However, granting the freedom to choose and noticing when that self-regulation and understanding of consequences comes through, that is a part of developing freedom and independence in parenting, which is ultimately the goal, right, of having children who can then gain their own sense of self and capacity and trusting their judgment and decision-making and become independent and experience freedom. And it re- requires certain barriers and strengths along the way to get there so that when there is unrestricted use granted, they're making good choices on their own. That's freedom. When we have the sense of what is appropriate for me and I don't necessarily need all this rigid framework to decide because I've had the ability to tune in to myself and to test what that looks like. And I can choose what's enough. What is too much? What is a good choice? What is a poor choice? And there is a dance in that in parenting. We certainly don't begin with unrestricted use, although we can look at the comparison, the book, Bringing Up Baby, which has always been fascinating to me, comparing French parenting with parenting in the United States and seeing where a broader framework that might have more freedom built into it actually trains a greater sense of independence. So here we could be in a homeopathic state of like supporting like, like treating like. More freedom can actually grant greater independence because we're building a sense of self-trust. And where are those lines that allow us to navigate that successfully? Ease and facility. Now ease might rank up there in some of the favorite words in osteopathic medicine. And just seeing that freedom is that sense of ease. And just for a moment, if you can, if it's safe for you to close your eyes and just think of the feeling of ease and experiencing ease and what that's like. And for me, automatically, it's light, it's lifted, it's moving from the chest, but outward. So many times feelings can have this constricting sense, kind of the curling in, pulling you in toward that fetal position, but ease opens it up and it feels light and there's movement to it. It's definitely not stagnant, but it's not quick. There's no need for speed with ease. However, if we think about when we come to a place of ease, we think about that flow state, it can actually create a sense of acceleration. We think about that often in rowing, right? Slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And you're like, wait, what? What just happened there? And so ease can be this transformative, accelerating space and absolutely is linked with freedom. Notice the ease of understanding and the freedom you have when you're aware of what's going on and how you can engage in your environment differently. The example here spoke the language with ease. Think of the freedom in that. I trust myself to communicate. I know I can say what I have to and be understood here. Seeing how we can reclaim that power when we welcome in ease. In recognizing that opportunity as well, so many times we often think that the only work worth doing is hard work. But instead, oh I used a butt there, we're just going to embrace it. Check in and see if you can be in spaces where the work almost feels easy and easy and ease are different, but I'm just going to let that be there for a moment where it's like, wow, yes, absolutely. I know I could do this. No problem. I got this. And notice when you're in there, a sense of freedom that can come with it because you're not constantly looking it up or double-checking, and not to say there isn't merit, even when we're familiar with something, in crossing our T's and dotting our I's and asking for help and getting checks. Absolutely. And at the same time, there is freedom that comes in being in that space of ease, in your zone of genius. And we're going to wrap up the definitions here with the quality of being frank, open, or outspoken. Answer with freedom. And that's interesting. Frank, open, outspoken, two of the three of those, for me, have a little bit of a, like, too much sense, and we've talked about too much. And if you have ever been told you are too much, recognizing that you don't have to believe that, you don't have to make any adjustments, you can notice the feedback, you can decide what you want to do with it, but you don't have to let that shut you down. And I said we were going to wrap up there, but I switched to a different source. So we usually were in Merriam-Webster, And then if we go to the Oxford Dictionary, there are some broader and then also some more specific definitions here. The power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. Noticing that. And how are we preserving that for ourselves? And notice how many times we are creating the hindrance or restraint. We are constantly editing And hoping if we say it some certain way, it won't be misconstrued and the person will feel a certain way about it. And when we begin to know deeply that no matter how we say it, that person may or may not hear us exactly how we intended it. And this isn't to say be flippant or cavalier and never pay attention or, or get feedback and to disregard everyone's feelings and to be callous. No, but it's recognizing that we can spend so long trying to get it just right When there is no just right. The state of being physically unrestricted and able to move easily. And we could look at that from a ableism point of view and see what that means. But I want to look at that move easily more, again, on an internal, on a different level. And this says physically being unrestricted, but let's go with free as in being mentally or thoughtfully unrestricted, able to move easily so you are not stuck in any one way of thinking or feeling or acting, that you do have choice. To be able to move easily there is absolutely an act of freedom. The state of not being subject to or affected by a particular undesirable thing. And here is where we are looking at where this is being shifted and revoked in this country and in many countries and how we can advocate For the departure from that. And the power of self determination attributed to the will, the quality of being independent of fate or necessity, that you are in charge of your life. Now, it bears saying here that absolutely there are systems in place and there are inequities in place and injustices in place and biases in place and racism and ageism and ableism and sexism and misogyny, all that can affect this absolutely. And we're still going to honor the capacity for self-determination even within all of that and not saying it is equal and fair across the board absolutely the systems can impact how we can move I will not even say forward but move anywhere forward, laterally, around, backward to ourselves, forward in this world and even within that that power of self-determination exists internally And how are we exercising that in honoring your independence separate from fate or necessity? What is it that you want? What is it that you know to be true of you? What is it that you are absolutely capable of doing? How can you lean and live into that and exercise and broaden and wave the flag of your freedom? That is where we are today in this moment in the summer series. Honoring the freedom as it's made available, recognizing where there are external guarantees, seeing where there are absolutely challenges remaining, and beginning to really lean into the power we have to exercise our freedom within. We'll continue these episodes over the next few days and get back on track to our regular rhythm here. I thank you so much for working with me through this season four, the ups and downs, the all-arounds, and for being here and part of this summer series in all its alliterative joy. This is Dr. Amelia Beeky with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.